Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mike and Andrew Show. I'm your host, Andrew Serwick, here with Mike Meredith. Uh, say hello, Mike. Hey, what's up, everybody? So uh, we're, we're just two guys who just love sports, and this whole podcast will just be simply about that. Sports all over the country. We'll talk NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, and college football, and some college hoops later down the line when that uh, comes around. Uh, so, Mike, uh, introduce yourself. Yeah, so as uh, Andrew mentioned, uh, my name is Mike Meredith here. Um, I would say for my biggest talking point here on the show is definitely going to be NBA. Uh, is probably my favorite sport. But, of course, like Andrew mentioned, we have a wide variety of different topics here covering sports on all bases here. Yep, and and I'm uh, I'm more of the, uh, the NHL guy here, but uh, obviously Mike and I both know a ton about uh about football and and the MLB so uh so but when it comes to the NBA and the NHL uh we will both have our own sort of deal with that but everything else uh we we're pretty both knowledgeable on so uh anyway so let's get started here with the NFL week 1 coming up Thursday night kickoff uh Lions and Chiefs at Arrowhead uh pretty big game considering that the Lions are the the line is now moved for the Lions. They're they're only down. They're they're catching two and a half points. So uh, Kansas City uh, losing uh, possibly uh, Travis Kelsey now with a uh, uh, hyperextended knee, and then also still no Chris Jones contract. So Mike, uh, what what is your take on uh, on all this going on? Yes, I'm glad that you brought up the Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones situation because that was one thing that I wanted to bring up in this game the Chiefs and the Lions here is you know Travis Kelsey is by far their biggest weapon on offense and with him possibly being out here that's a huge advantage and their best defensive player Chris Jones still holding out for contract issues um I think that the Lions honestly with I would say the Chiefs three best players Mahomes Kelsey and Jones two of the three possibly being out the Lions, man, I think they have a good chance upsetting the Chiefs in week one. I think that they can do it. If they can just play some sound football, Dan Campbell can get his game plan right, and the players have come out looking good, I think they have a real shot at just winning the game outright. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, you know, things have been falling uh, towards the Lions' favor this whole week, and, well, really this whole offseason with the with the Chris Jones contract situation. Um some uh, some notes here, real quick for for everyone. Uh, Mike and I are both from the Detroit area, so we're, we're, we we kind of have a little bit of a Detroit bias here. Uh, but but we are trying to we do try to stay away from that when we can when we're talking about the Detroit teams. Uh, but but yeah, I think I think Detroit really does have a good shot here. Um, looking at uh, everything that Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have uh, have built in Detroit, I. Th- you know, and and with additions like uh, uh, Brian Branch that they took in the uh, in the second round of this year's draft, I think you know the Lions are looking really really good. They look good in camp. They look good in preseason, and I think they can beat the Chiefs on Thursday night. Yeah, man, I think it's gonna be super interesting. I'm gonna really be looking at the rookies as well. Like you mentioned, Brian Branch. We also have you know Jameer Gibbs and uh, Jack Campbell here who were both first-round picks, so I'd like to see what they can do in this first week. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting. Um, speaking of the, the Lions, uh, one of the, uh, the t- 
top teams or top teams that they'll be fighting for in the division. The uh, the Vikings will play the Bucks this weekend. Uh, they're they're favored by six and a half right now uh, for Sunday. Um, can I get your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I mean that is a pretty big line, six and a half. That's you know, um, but you know Tampa Bay. Baker Mayfield is now the quarterback, and I'm not sure how much I can trust him. He's, I'm pretty sure this is Baker's first experience with Tampa. Um, you know, they had Tom Brady all these last few years, so him adjusting to this offense is going to be, it's going to be a little bit difficult. I feel like at first, and of course, Baker is like a fringe starter at this point. Him and Kyle Trask were fighting for the starting job uh, come preseason. Um, you know, Minnesota's got Justin Jefferson. You know, he's going to ball out here. Um, I think it's actually a pretty good line. I do see them possibly winning by a touchdown here. Um, so, for me, I think the Vikings do secure the win, and I will take them with the six and a half as well. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, the the Bucks. I think are actually going to win their division with a sub five hundred record again. Yeah, that division is horrible. That that division is just horrible. I think the Vikings. You know, last year they they had an incredible run. You know, they went they went eleven and zero in one score games, which mm-hmm. trying to repeat that is going to be very hard to do. But and I, and I still think they'll probably be uh, very close with the Lions. And you know, they have two games in in uh, together in the last three weeks of the season, the Vikings and the Lions. So uh, I think that division battle for the top spot between those two will be. Uh, very, very tight, and we'll just have to see. But, yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Vikings in this one. Uh, looking uh, elsewhere, uh, we have dog crap versus dog crap with the, the Cardinals and the Commanders with Washington favored by seven points in that one. Wow. So I think I remember reading earlier on this year that the Cardinals are, I believe, not favored in any games this year. They are just, you know, bottom of the barrel team right now, going through a lot of struggles. They just got a new change, and I believe management and coaching. You know, Kyler Murray's had some issues with the team. Um, we'll have to see. I I feel like seven might be a little bit too much of a spread because Washington's really not that great either. Um, I might take Arizona in the points there, but I, I do see probably Washington taking the win um, for the game, but... I think I will go with Arizona and the points on that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think I'm gonna go with you there. Uh, I, the the Kyler Murray situation is interesting to say the least. Um, and then I think I think the Cardinals just are flat out just trying to tank on purpose. I mean, this is what they've done in the past couple of weeks with the team overall has just left you wondering what are they doing and what's the NFL going to do about this? Because I, I, it seems like they're almost intentionally trying to, to tank the team uh, this season. But I still think Washington it, uh, improved upon last season, and I'm, I'm going to take Washington there. I think seven's a big spread, but I still think uh, Washington wins that one. Um, going over to the NFC East, we got the Cowboys and the Giants on Sunday night. Uh, Dallas favored by three and a half. So I think that's uh, actually a pretty good spread there. You know, that's a big rivalry game. Cowboys and the Giants. The Giants really surprised a lot of people, I feel like, last year. They uh, they won a playoff game. 
You know, Daniel Jones seemed to improve. Saquon Barkley, uh, I believe, is on a contract year this year. So they have a lot to prove. But, you know, Dallas is always in the shadows here of the NFL world with expectations through the roof here. We'll have to see how Dak does. Dak is so unpredictable, man. Some games Dak will go off, and some games he'll throw four interceptions. It all just depends. Um, I do think the Cowboys will probably end up winning, but it's going to be a close game. I think I think that the Giants will put up a good fight. Yeah, so I, I'm uh, I'm a big time Dak hater, um, but I I think yeah the, the Giants are just not looking that good. Um, obviously, I have Saquon in the contract year, uh, but. I, I think I think Dallas is gonna uh, fall second in the NFC East at the end of the year. Obviously, behind Philadelphia, who is I think the best team in football right now. Um, I, I honestly was really hoping for them to win the Super Bowl uh, this this year, but uh, but yeah, I, th- I think the Cowboys are gonna win here, and I think they're gonna actually win big. I think they're gonna more than cover uh, the, this three and a half point spread. Uh, looking elsewhere, uh, Monday night we have the Bills uh, and the Jets kicking off. Buffalo's favored by only two and a half. Do you think uh, the the hype around Aaron Rodgers coming there has made them uh, look a lot better than they actually are? Yeah, so I think so. I've seen a lot of people putting the Jets in like their top ten and sometimes even top five teams in the NFL right now. You know, Aaron Rodgers – I think he's still good. He can still put up a lot of numbers, but I think right now in his career he's a little bit overrated. Uh, but I do think that their young players are going to make some steps. You know, Sauce Gardner was so great last year. I think he'll take a step up this year as well. But I think it's still Buffalo's division to lose. I think Buffalo is still really great. You know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they still got uh, most of the team that's been you know doing so well for them over these last three to four years. I think that Buffalo – handles the two and a half point spread and wins probably the most anticipated or one of the most anticipated games of the first week. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I think, I think Buffalo's going to take actually a step back this year. Um, personally, I just, they, they didn't make many improvements and last year they, they kind of proved that they're not really, uh, I guess, I guess ready to, to just dominate the AFC like Kansas city can, um, mm-hmm. and, and obviously I think, uh, Aaron Rodgers is just, he, he's washed up. He's old. He's, he's about that age where he probably should just consider retiring, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. I think, I think Buffalo will cover at least. Um, but I just, I don't think the Jets are going to be nearly as good as everyone thinks they will be, but, uh, we'll just have to see. Um, and then, uh, couple other games here on Sunday afternoon. You have uh, Packers-Bears. Uh, Chicago only favored by one in that one. Uh, Justin Fields is looking really, really good now. So um, I think I think the Bears are going to win that game. Yeah, I think that that's, um, you know, I think that they're both kind of mediocre teams this year. I mean, the Packers and the Bears probably like, below 500 teams this year they just aren't really that great and Justin Fields has shown flashes of what he can do um I agree with you I think I'm gonna take the Bears in that game yeah I just the 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 one thing that we don't know about the Packers is Jordan Love we don't know how good he is 
for for all we know, he could be the reincarnation of Aaron Rodgers because he did exactly what Aaron Rodgers did, sit on the sidelines for many years, learning under a great quarterback. Um, and and I, I, I'm almost fearful of the Packers this year because Jordan Love, if he's good, the Packers are going to be really, really good this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's basically doing exactly what Rodgers did. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. And then, lastly, just another thought: uh, the Battle of Ohio. We have the Bengals and the Browns with Cincy favored by two and a half. What's your take on that? Oh, I am riding Cincy this year. I I'm really high on Cincy. I know, um, you know, Burrow, Chase, uh, love their team. Uh, you know, adding some more depth on the offensive line. They've needed help with the offensive line for a while now. That's always been their weak point. They signed a few guys there, and I think that they will have no problem handling Cleveland. I do think Cleveland will be better this year, though, than last year. But uh, give me Cincy for sure in that game. Yeah, I'm I'm with you here. The Bengals just have everything going for them. They they have the swagger factor with the uh, Jamar Chase and uh, and Joe Burrow, um, and then uh, just everything uh, for this matchup is just is just looking. Like it could be a a just a a shootout between the two teams, and I think uh, honestly that that Cleveland could pull off the upset here over the uh, Bengals. So we'll have to obviously see uh, if Deshaun Watson is any slightly bit of his former self. I th- I think uh, we could see the Browns actually winning this game yeah it's um it's gonna be interesting to sean watson you know he was suspended most of last year so we'll have to see how he does yeah i i, th- I think if he plays at like at least the 80 percent level of what he was uh when he when he first started out in the league he'll definitely be um well he'll definitely bring the browns to a uh to to maybe maybe a division championship we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. That division is tough though. Yeah, it is a very very tough dis- uh, division. You're right, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll see. Only time will tell, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So I'm gonna present to you some things. Okay. Uh, about the 2023 season. This is the hot take blitz. Uh, so I'm gonna give you ten different hot takes here, and mm-hmm. you're you're just gonna tell me on like a one to five or use whatever scale you want to, of uh of hot takes, and you're just gonna give me your slight opinion and what you think of the take if it's a hot if it's like super hot or not hot at all. Okay. All right. So so all these hot takes are from Yahoo Sports. Uh, so the first one here, the Houston Texans win seven games. That is like a four out of five, man. Unless like CJ Stroud comes on and plays like damn near an MVP candidate, I can't see that happening. I do see them making improvements. They got CJ Stroud and Will Anderson, you know, two of the top picks in the draft. But no, nah, that that's a little too uh, optimistic right there. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think they'll win seven games. I think four or five is on the table, but. Seven, I just don't see it. I mean, C.J. Stroud, mm. as as a Michigan fan, it hurts me to say this, but C.J. Stroud is a really, really good quarterback. Um, 
he obviously was very scary playing against uh, every well watching my team play against him every single year but no I just don't think the Texans are going to win anything close to seven games mm-hmm. alright so number two the Chicago Bears will pick twice in the top ten because they have Carolina's pick this year as well um, I'm going to put that hot take at a three because I do think that it's possible, but there's also a lot of bad teams, man, that could take up some of those spots in the draft. I think that, you know, Chicago and Carolina, I don't think they're going to be bottom five teams. So if they were to get both those picks, it would probably be like in the six to 10 range. I think it's possible, but also I could see it not happening as well. I think it's kind of like middle of the road on the hot take meter. Yeah, I think, I don't think, uh, I think the Carolina pick will be in the top 10. I don't think the Chicago's uh, pick will actually be in the top 10 at all uh, this year. I think Chicago, I think I think a lot of people are underestimating Chicago. Uh, they made a ton of improvements in the offseason <clears throat> uh, this year. And, and Justin Fields, like I said earlier, he is looking really, really good. So I, I think uh, Chicago is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, number three, Chris Olave finishes top three in Offensive Player of the Year voting. I'm going to give that one – I'll give that one a four because I really do love Chris Olave, and we'll see how he works with Derek Carr, you know, Derek Carr's first year in New Orleans. But there's just so many damn good offensive players, man. You got Justin Jefferson. You got Christian McCaffrey. You got Jamar Chase. Cooper Cup's going to be out, so that's someone who – we won't really have to look forward to, um, you know, Travis Kelsey, if he comes back, he has a good chance. But I, I really like Chris Olave, but that just seems like top three, man. You really got to be putting up some crazy numbers, and I can't see Olave hitting that just yet. Okay, so so if we're using, like, the scale of one to five uh, for this, this is, like, an 11 to me. This is so goddamn hot. Like first of all, yeah. D- Derek Carr is a slightly above average quarterback, like like very slightly above. So I just don't see Alave even being close to the to the top three, top ten maybe. But unless, unless Derek Carr suddenly becomes like Brett Favre level good, he, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, number four here, Desmond Ritter gets benched. Now. Um, on this, I'm going to say I'm going to say a three because I mean, who else is you know Atlanta really going to put in there? Um, Desmond Ritter, I feel like he still has a lot to prove, but I I I think that he will ride out the rest of the season. I don't see him getting benched, but you know if he comes on and plays like crap, um, I could see them pulling the plug on him pretty early. Just have to see. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I, I, I mean, who, who will Atlanta put in if, if yeah, Desmond yeah, Ritter yeah. can't play, right? It, it's kind of like, uh, it, it's, it's kind of like the Lions situation a couple years ago, where just we had no one in the ba- in the uh, backup quarterback spot, mm-hmm. and obviously he's not under threat of losing his job, even if he's horrible because who's beneath them is even worse. So I don't, I don't see it. I think that's obviously extremely hot. I'll put that as a five. 
Um, uh, when was this article written? Because I'm, I'm not sure if that is accurate anymore. Um, so we'll skip down. Uh, the Broncos win the AFC West. So the Broncos won the AFC West. I'm putting that on a five on the hot scale. Um, Kansas City, I think, is still the king of that division, even though they've been banged up and you know some of their players may be regressing. I mean, until they actually start regressing, we start seeing them actually losing. I can't do that. And I am a big Chargers fan. I know that they always seem to fall flat every year, but um, the Chargers, I think, still have a good chance of taking that division. And then even the Raiders, like, I know they have Garoppolo now. Um, we'll see how they do with him, but they got Devontae Adams. Um, they have a solid team. I think that they can, you know, win eight or nine games. And I just don't see Denver doing it. I do think Denver's going to be better than they were last year because they were just atrocious last year. Russell Wilson was awful. But, um, yeah, I'm putting that at a five. Yeah, I, I'm going to put that as about a five as well. I mean, Sean Payton, he's an incredibly good coach, and so so that's definitely going to help the Broncos' chances. Uh, but, I mean, are they really going to beat uh, Kansas City? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> so, uh, and, and if and if Russell Wilson's better than he was last year, which I assume he will, especially with, uh, with Sean Payton being his coach now, I just, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think... The Broncos are going to be a lot better than people think, but I think they're going to be maybe a nine, maybe a ten win team. But I, I think they're going to—I don't think they're going to win the uh, the AFC West at all. Um, so so back to that that one that I just skipped. I just had to make sure that uh, he didn't sign a contract yet, and he didn't. Uh, so we'll go back to this one. Uh, Tua will sign an extension before Joe Burrow. Um, I'm going to put that at a four. I think that Joe Burrow should get the extension before Tua. He's proven a lot more. Um, you know, he's, you know, Joe Burrow has had the injury issues, but I feel like Tua's had more even, you know, it seems like he was always in concussion protocol last year. And, um, for me, I mean, I think Tua's an all right quarterback. He's probably like middle of the road among the uh, NFL starters here, but, Joe Burrow deserves it before Tua does. So, yeah, so I think because I was just looking at it. Uh, so, so it's Joe Burrow's camp that's actually uh, holding off on signing an extension. So, I'm I'm actually lo- looking at everything. I'm gonna put this at like a two because I think it's very plausible now, considering how well Tua was playing before he got injured last year. Um. That that and if Joe Burrow's camp really is trying to hold out on an extension for now, I think it is possible Tua will sign that extension before Joe Burrow ever does. But we'll, we'll obviously have to see. Time will only tell on that. But we'll uh, I I think he will do this. He will sign it before Joe Burrow. Uh, here we go. Uh, Lamar Jackson throws for four thousand yards and wins the NFL MVP. Uh, for me, I'm putting that at a five. You know, Lamar Jackson, he's already won the NFL MVP. I don't think that's really too much out of the question, but 4,000 yards, man, that that's tough, man. That's like elite company quarterbacks right there. Uh, I, I don't know if I see Lamar Jackson doing that. Plus, it's a, he does that and wins the MVP. Uh, man, I think that's a very hot take. No, I, Lamar can't throw. 
<laughs> there's no there's no way he's getting 4000 yards. There's no way he's getting like 2000 yards, I think. He's he can't throw. He can only yeah. run. I I don't even know how he won the MVP the one time he did it. I just I don't see it happening. There's no way he's he's going to be even near 4000 yards and I MVP maybe if he can rush for 4000 yards somehow then then uh <laughs> then yeah. But there's there's just no way, no way he's gonna throw for four thousand yards. Uh, so Justin Fields becomes the first Chicago Bear ever to throw for four thousand yards. Again, I do like Justin Fields and his development here, but four thousand is just too crazy. I think that's also a five. I do think Justin Fields makes uh, steady improvements this year as compared to last year, but. No way do I see him throwing for 4,000 yards. So, Chicago's defense sucks, right? So, the only way they're going yeah. to win games is is, by, is is on the offense. So, I think Justin Fields is going to be throwing the ball a lot more. And, you know, the way he's developed, I think he'll he'll be a smarter quarterback. He's not going to throw it into, into coverage. He's not going to, you know, he's, he's going to take less sacks, I think, because... Uh, last year, thirty he 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 led the league in this. Thirty two percent of the time when he was under pressure, he would take a sack, which was which was the highest in the league by I think like three or four percent. Um, I'd have to go back and look at that article that I saw, but I mean, he, like a third of the time he was under pressure, he took a sack. That is not good. Obviously, they built up their uh, their offensive line a bit, so they'll they'll be better. Man, um, I don't know. Four thousand yards is gonna be tough. I think it's possible. I'm gonna give that a three because I I do think it's possible if he is the quarterback that I think he is. But we'll just we'll just have to see. Uh, so number nine here, the Rams end up with a top eight pick. I think that's. Honestly, I'm going to put that at like a one. I really think that's super possible. Um, Stafford's been dealing with injuries for a minute now. Cup's going to be out at least uh, the first few games of the year. They just look so out of sorts. They were just horrible last year. I think Ramsey's going to regress. I still think Donald will be great, you know. Um, But for me, I see that very possible. I think they are going to finish bottom of their division. Uh, in the NFC West. Yeah, I, I think this is a very, very cold take because Stafford obviously dealing with the injury issues. Cup is injured right now, so he won't be there to start the season. Uh, they, they have guys like Aaron Donald, too. I think, honestly, I think I could see Cup and Donald both being traded out by uh, by the trade deadline just because I think they're going to be so far back uh, just after the first eight weeks that they're going to need to move assets and... Uh, best way to do that is get rid of your 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 best two players and you just start the rebuild now and uh, hope you can sell off Stafford for cheap because um, yeah you ain't gonna get much for for a, an older quarterback who who I still think has a lot of talent but he just he, all these injuries are piling up so and no one wants to pay a whole bunch for damaged goods so we'll obviously have to see uh, what will come of that but yeah this is very cool I think I think they'll be in the in the bottom five. Uh, at, at the uh, league standings at the end of the year. Yeah, them in Arizona, uh, um, you know, 
they could possibly be the two worst teams in the same division. So uh, I could totally see that happening. Yeah. Here, here's a question for you: Who tanks more, <laughs> the uh, the the Rams or the Cardinals? I think probably the Cardinals, but I mean the Rams have a lot. I feel like the Rams have a lot better chance of building a lot more draft capital if they trade Aaron Donald. I mean that's huge right there. And Cooper Cup, that's going to give them a huge return on anything. So, um, yeah, I think that the Cardinals are probably worse right now and probably will finish with a worse record. But I could see the Rams just, like you said, selling everyone off at the deadline. Yeah, I just, I don't think the Rams will be anywhere good. I, I think a lot of teams, like uh, shout out the Lions, uh, could use a guy like Cooper Cup, especially because JMO. He's not looking that hot, so <laughs> we'll have to see. And uh, so, lastly, uh, the last one here: Trey Lance starts games, but not for the Forty Nine ers. So, I think this article was written before they traded him to Dallas. Uh, what's your take yeah. on that? So, do so. I guess basically now is will Trey Lance start any games for the Cowboys? Um, and I don't think so unless Dak gets hurt. Uh, I do think that they are going to roll with Dak this year. But, you know, Trey Lance has been under that Aaron Rodgers situation where he's just been sitting and sitting. They gave him the chance, I think it was last year, two years ago, and then he got hurt like in the first couple games, then he was out. So we'll have to see. Um, but, you know, if Dak starts, you know, looking really bad and or maybe looking really good and they might move off of him, but that contract is just so bad, you know, it's like, Dak's getting forty million a year. I'm not sure who's going to want to take that on, but uh, yeah. So I think Trey Lance has a chance, but um, I'm going to put it at like a four. I don't see it happening unless Dak gets hurt. Yeah, I, I don't see it happening, and I I think Trey Lance just flat out sucks. Um, this is why you don't take FCS quarterbacks, people ever. Uh, as like the Niners, they traded three first round picks for him. Three. Yep. Any... And then they got a fourth round pick in return. Right. In the Trey Lance trades. So any like... other team, any other team, that GM would be fucking fired in, oh, over something as stupid as that. Especially giving him away for just a fourth round pick after you gave up so much for him. There's, there's no way any other GM would still have a job. But <laughs> I just. But the reason why that GM, their GM, has, still has a job, because they still win games, they still make the playoffs, and they're still going to do that this year with Brock Purdy, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is the NFL hot take blitz. So week one of college football has come and gone, uh, and there is a lot to talk about there. But uh, we're going to just highlight some of the other or some of the the bigger games that that happened uh number 14 utah beating florida at home uh did you watch any of that game and uh what are your thoughts on that um so i didn't end up watching the game i believe it was like actually the first game of the year um i remember seeing that it was um very early on but wasn't surprised utah won Uh, i know you and me have talked uh that Utah is going to be a juggernaut this year. They are going to be out, and 
could possibly make the college football playoffs. We'll have to see. Um, but, yeah, not surprised at all that Utah took the W. No, not at all. And they used both their quarterbacks, uh, their, their second and third string quarterbacks, because uh, the one quarterback um, – hold on, let me – Look here real quick. Um, yeah, so uh, so yeah, Bryson Barnes, he can he can really throw the ball. He went twelve for eighteen, um, hundred hundred fifty nine yards and a touchdown. And then you had Nate Johnson, who who went actually three for four, but only for six yards on that. But he. I mean, he, he can run, man. That that kid can run. So, uh, you know, Utah without Cam Rising was able to get the job done against, let's face it, a not-so-good Florida team. Uh, they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of struggling right now, and there's the, I, I don't see Florida being anything good this year again. But I, I think Utah, like you mentioned, we, we've talked in the past, I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I think – I think they have a very good chance at making the playoffs this year, so long as the Pac-12 doesn't cannibalize itself like it seems to always do in its swan song season, no less. Which, by the way, college football's dead when you have no Pac-12, um, and and then nothing says uh, Atlantic Coast Conference like Stanford, Cal, and <laughs> and SMU, the Dallas market. Like n- nothing says yeah. nothing says Atlantic Coast like like Oakland, uh, San Francisco, and uh, and and Dallas. Like, come on, man. We we've lost so much in college football, and <sighs> the regionality's gone. College football's dead to me. But that's another topic for another day. Um, but yeah, I think also uh, Cam Rising. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the country. I know he didn't obviously play this week. Uh, hopefully he does this weekend. We'll just have to wait and see on that. Um, moving on, though, we had uh, we had um, we had we had a blowout win. Oklahoma beating Arkansas State seventy-three to nothing. Yeah, that there was a lot of uh, crazy blowout wins this this weekend, and. Um... I believe there was a video of like the Arkansas State coach like crying on the sidelines or something. He was losing like they were just losing so bad. Um, I saw so many memes of just like you know throw the damn towel, man. Like, <laughs> they were just running up the score and yeah, there was a lot of blowouts this weekend. But that's the case with college football, man. Yeah, There's always those games. Yeah, I just that that video was fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> that 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 was hilarious, and it's like it's like. You're coaching for Arkansas State, like your job. No matter what, your sec- your job is secure, even with a blowout loss like that. Now, if you were playing, if you were coaching Arkansas, yeah, you you can go ahead and cry like that when you're getting blown out that bad. But when you're for a nobody school in a nobody conference, getting blown out by a somebody school in a somebody conference, there's no reason to cry, man. You're just you're just a big baby at that point. Um. Some other good games, which, by the way, uh, with the Week 0 thing, Notre Dame had two games in Week 1. Um, I think that's just stupid, the way they schedule things with Week 0 and Week 1. It's, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, some other games, uh, Penn State beat Virginia, or West Virginia, uh, 38-15. to uh, What's his name? The quarterback. Uh... 
uh, uh, Drew Aller, man. He he looks like he could be the real deal for Penn State this year, who I think has better chance of winning the Big Ten over uh, Ohio State. But I still think Michigan's going to win the Big Ten. But I think Penn State's the biggest threat to Michigan this year. Yeah, Penn State's good, man. They're going to be they're going to be a team to look out for. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. Uh, let's talk about last night's game for a minute here. Duke upsetting Clemson 28 to 7. <laughs> Clemson led in every single stat except for scoring. Uh Dabo Sweeney saying that was the weirdest game he's ever been a part of. But I I mean they they had almost like I think like 400 more total yards of offense and still ended up losing to Duke by yeah, by three scores. Just lose. They got blown out by three touchdowns. Like crazy. Just such a weird game, but you know, having Duke beat you in something that's not basketball, it just doesn't feel right. No, it it doesn't and I like I think Clemson like be just being ranked number nine I think was just recency bias still because of what they were able to do a couple of years ago um, but man, last year they didn't look good and now this year losing game one against Duke come on man I, I, I think if Clemson's not near the bottom 25 or, or, or near or outside the top 20 I should say I, I don't know what, what we're doing here with these rankings man because th- that's ridiculous I don't. I don't think this should have been top ten at all. But God, that was that was horrible. And and then uh, Colorado beating TCU on the road. Um, what, what, did you see any of that game? Because man, that was wild. Yeah. So I did catch a little bit of that game, mainly the highlights. I honestly think that was uh, the game of the week for sure. That game was so wild. All eyes were on Deion Sanders, Travis Hunter. His Heisman odds dumped like six thousand. Like he was like plus eight thousand, then he went to like plus twenty two hundred after that game. Like he is an absolute stud on both offense and defense. Um, Colorado man, they, they said they already matched their win total from last year. Um, it's gonna be crazy to follow Deion and uh, that team this year. So. Man, I I am sick and tired of all these ads and all the dick sucking by Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson about how good Colorado is and be and and just talking about Deion Sanders. I'm tired of it, man. I wanted I wanted TCU like I knew TCU was not going to be good this year. I was hoping TCU would just come out and punch Colorado in the mouth and just blow them out, get all the hype to shut up. And now that they beat a ranked team who I'm going to be honest, shouldn't have been ranked at all because they lost everyone on both sides of the ball. It's just, it's just building up more hype, and I'm getting so sick and tired of it. And Joel Klatt, I know he went to Colorado, but man, shut up for like five minutes, please. Man, I don't think you're going to be liking it too much this year. I think that that Colorado's gonna be talked about a lot, so definitely be prepared, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just hoping that when Colorado plays a real team, they get blown out. Like week three, they play, they play Oregon. Uh, actually, this coming up week, they play Colorado State, which apparently is a heated rivalry between the two schools. I know Colorado State sucks, but 
I would love to see that underdog win, but we'll have to see. And obviously they play USC uh, in week four, so uh, that's going to be a, a big loss, and that'll get everyone to shut up real quick. Yeah, yeah, Williams will handle business there. Absolutely, and, and I think Oregon's just going to handle them as well. And Oregon State too, I think. I think they they will also beat Colorado. But uh, we will have to see. Uh, Sunday night we had Florida State and LSU. Uh, did you watch any of that? Um, I did catch a little bit of that. I know Florida State ended up pulling out the win. Um, you know, I think Florida State's going to be pretty solid this year. I've heard a lot of good things preseason, them talking about um, them being a dark horse uh, candidate here for um, maybe even a college football playoffs. I don't see them going that far, but, you know, top 10 team for sure. I, I think Florida State is actually going to make the playoffs this year. I, I really oh, do. do. Okay. I really do. I think – I think the playoff picture is going to be is going to be Georgia, Michigan, uh, Florida State, and then either LSU or Penn State is going to be also in the playoffs. I don't think a Pac-12 team is going to for sure make the playoffs, and if it, if one does, it's going to be Utah. But no, I think Florida State looked really good. Keon Coleman three touchdowns. I know. As a Sparty fan yourself, that didn't uh, make you make you uh, feel feel happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just L- LSU went into the half with a three point lead, seventeen uh, fourteen at halftime, and then they only scored one touchdown the entire rest of the way. And Florida State just pulled ahead, and they look really good. Uh, offensively, they look incredible. Defensively, there's some things. Uh, that they need to work on, like wrapping up with their tackles. But I, th- I think overall, I mean, Florida State is going to be a juggernaut this year. And well, with Clemson proving last night that they can't play football, um, I, th- I think they're gonna. I think they're a sure shot favorite to uh, to win the ACC now. Um, and then lastly, last game I want to get into: Ohio State beat Indiana twenty three to three. I watched the highlights of that game, and man, Ohio State does not look that good this year. Yeah, I got to agree. I mean, Ohio State, I do think that they're they're going to be formidable, you know, just off of name recognition, but their team is definitely not as strong even in, as the last year's team, and last year's team barely made the, uh, the college football playoffs. You know, it was between them and Alabama. Um, but, yeah, I think that Ohio State, you know, even though they're they don't look as strong as they're supposed to be, it's a rivalry game with them in Michigan. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough, but I do think I agree with you that Penn State's gonna be the the better team overall, more challenging this year. Yeah, I mean, if you can't play that good against, against Indiana, Indiana, yeah. If if you look like if you look that bad against Indiana, I I don't I don't even know. Uh, how they're gonna survive against uh, Penn State or Michigan this year? And obviously, as a Michigan fan myself, I really hope we just blow the doors off of Ohio State, like I do every year. But man, Kyle McCord, he looked okay. He went twenty for thirty-three, two hundred thirty-nine yards. Uh, he spread the ball around pretty well. Uh, he, he found Travion Henderson more than uh, anyone else. Uh, with uh, uh, no, 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 I'm I'm looking at. Uh, rushing there uh he 
but he did spread the ball around. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think is the best receiver in college football, mm-hmm. on, only two yep. only two grabs with 18 yards. Uh, Cade Stover, five grabs for 98, and Julian Fleming, six for 58. I just it was it was more defensively that that bothered me about Ohio State than, than anything, but the the receivers just didn't look that good. Kyle McCord looked way in over his head. Obviously, he's a he's a he's a I think he's a true freshman. Um, no, he's a junior, but he's a he he didn't he didn't look good out there at all. And I I think obviously a lot of that was nerves, but if but Ohio State's got a lot of issues uh, to, that they got to fix uh, this year. Um, lastly, I just want to get your thoughts. Obviously, uh, Michigan State beating Central Michigan. Uh, it looked kind of sketchy uh, after the first half. Really, I think it was, I think the it was ten uh, seven Michigan State lead, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so it was definitely close in the first half. I'm glad that. State was able to pull out. You know they should be able to beat Central. I think State will be all right this year. I don't expect anything too crazy out of Michigan State this year. If they can even just be ranked and stay ranked this year, I think that would be somewhat of an accomplishment for their team. I don't think the hopes are too high this year. Um, as long as they're just not absolute garbage, that's all I'm kind of hoping for for this season. Yeah, I think I think Michigan State is going to be a lot better this year. I think I think eight wins is on the table for Michigan State, if, if I'm being honest. Um, obviously, I'm no Sparty fan. I'll, I'll, I'll root for Sparty as long as they're not playing Michigan. But I think they'll just – they won't be good this year, but they won't be a bad team. And I, I they'll definitely make a bowl game, but I think they max out at eight and four. But if, if they're six and six – Fire Mel, because that's yeah. that's because uh he's a uh, as as he as he said it himself he's a horseshit football coach so um we'll uh we'll just have to see uh how that goes um so looking ahead now that we're still on college football looking ahead to this week uh Michigan will take on UNLV Michigan's third favored by thirty six points so uh we won't yeah. we won't we won't talk much about that. Uh, you got Georgia playing Ball State, favored by forty-two. Uh, <laughs> there's there's not a lot of good games this week. Utah is going, I think, into Baylor. Yeah, Utah is going into Baylor, uh, yeah. fa- favored by seven and a half. That's a pretty good game, but I don't think Baylor is really going to do anything this year. Yeah, and we didn't even mention the Baylor game. Baylor got upset and. I think they were like twenty-seven point favorites in their game, and they lost outright. So, to Texas State. So that was just absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, that was. You're you're right. They. Uh, let's see here. Uh, uh, where is that game? Yeah, they lost forty-two thirty-one to Texas State at home too. I mean, yeah. they just man, that did not look. Pretty. I think Utah more than covers this one at seven and a half. For sure. Uh, we we got Nebraska and Colorado uh, facing off. Colorado's only favored by three, which tells you Vegas doesn't believe much in 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 Dion. Uh, but 
I just I don't see anything because Nebraska's god awful. Every chance that they have to win a game, they find a way to lose. They're uh, they're now like one in twenty seven since twenty eighteen in one score games where they were leading in yeah, in the I fourth quarter. It, yeah. It's ridiculous. So I think Colorado's going to win that one. I would love to see the upset because I don't like Colorado. I don't like Deion Sanders. I'm tired of all the hype. But we'll uh, we'll just have to see there. Um, here, here's an interesting matchup for you. You have number 20 Ole Miss going into number 24 Tulane with Ole Miss is just favored by 7.5. You uh, got Power 5, ranked Power 5 versus ranked Group of 5. Um, I think Tulane here is a lot better of a team than than people will give credit for, especially just being a group of five school. But And I, I think Tulane has the coolest football logo in all of college football. Uh, but I I, th- I would like to see Tulane win this game, but I, and I see it happening. I just don't feel super confident on that. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with Ole Miss on this one. Yeah, I just they're they're both barely in the in the top twenty five, especially Tulane being only ranked twenty four. I would love to see the upset, but yeah, I just I, I'm more fifty fifty on it, more leaning towards Ole Miss though. Um, you got you got North Carolina playing App State. They're they're favored by eighteen. I think Drake May is probably the best quarterback in the country, unless you want to say Michael Penix is because. God, he looked amazing week one. Um, but I, I think Drake May is like the quarterback, that guy. I think he's better than than uh, Numb Nuts in, in, in USC. Uh, Caleb Williams? Yeah, Caleb Williams, yeah. I, I th- got him over Caleb Williams? I, th- I think he's a better quarterback than Caleb Williams. He's just he, – he's got he's got a lot of swagger to him. He, he's, he can run. He can throw. I mean, he just looks really good. So I think he's going to – to lead UNC into the top 10 this year, but probably that's about it. I don't see them beating, obviously, Florida State. Uh, and then I, I think they'll beat Clemson because, let's face it, Clemson's god-awful. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll just have to see. Uh, we'll have Bama and Texas. Texas going into Tuscaloosa. Bama's only favored by seven on uh, Saturday here, so that's a Saturday night game. That's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, man, I love to see Bama get upset. I've been a notorious Bama hater for the longest time. Do not like Alabama, but I do think that they will probably pull out the win. I'm I'm going to completely disagree with you. Texas is back, baby. I'm telling you, Let's Texas go, Texas is winning the Big 12 this year. They're going to go into Tuscaloosa. They're going to put up 50 on Bama, and they're going to win this game by two scores. I hope that happens. I, okay. I really hope that happens. Maybe not two scores, but I think Texas is going to pull off the up, upset because Texas is back. Um, and that that's really it for any interesting games this weekend or this week. Uh, you have USC taking on Stanford. USC is going to blow them out they're favored by 29 Stanford sucks I don't Stanford won a game this past week but I I think that's the only game Stanford's gonna win this entire season so 
we'll obviously have to see about that. Um, obviously, we, we have uh, Eastern Michigan taking on Minnesota. I think Minnesota's, even though it's favored by 20 and a half, Eastern Michigan, I, I watched some highlights of that game. They looked really, really good. And Minnesota looked so god-awful. I, I think Eastern Michigan might pull off that upset against Minnesota. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to pull off the upset, but I'm definitely taking them in the 20-point spread. Yeah, if, if they don't win, they'll at least cover. Um, mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it's it's not looking good for Minnesota. And, um, yeah, we'll just have to see. Uh, outside of that, let me look here at some, see if there's any juicy games and any, any conference games that are juicy. You got uh, Texas A&M taking on Miami uh, with Texas A&M favored four and a half on the road uh, on uh on Saturday afternoon, um, it, does Texas A&M actually have a t- competitive team this year, or are they still just washed up and not that good? I think they'll be better this year. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to win that game. You know, going into Miami is going to be tough, but um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I think that Texas A&M. I mean, they can't be much worse than they were last year. I mean, just they started out so. Uh, high in the rankings and then just fell apart completely. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Texas A&M is going to win this game. I don't think they'll win it by four and a half. I think it'll be a much closer game than that. Uh, Miami's a lot better than people will give them credit for. Obviously, they looked good to start the season last year, and then it kind of just slipped away from them, just like Texas A&M. And, but I think Texas A&M improved, but yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I, I I really, I'm not a big fan of Texas A&M. I really wish they never left the Big 12 personally. But here we are, um, and I think uh, I think they will win this game, but it's going to be much, much closer than anyone thinks. Um, any, any other good-looking games this year, this week. Uh, you got Iowa taking on Iowa State. Iowa only favored by four. And, uh, well, yeah, we know how, how Iowa is. So they, they can score touchdowns at least this year, so that that's a good thing. <laughs> With uh, you know, they, they got a really good quarterback in Cade McNamara. Obviously, he lost the quarterback battle to J.J. McCarthy, which we all saw coming. I mean, J.J.'s an incredible talent, as we saw – this past weekend going 26 for 30 uh yeah a lot of them were dinks and dink and dunk passes but uh he he looked really good but yeah Cade he's he's a lot better than people will give him credit for especially after losing a quarterback battle uh but but man it's it's gonna be uh interesting to watch Iowa because now they have to I, I forget what the what the deal was exactly but they have to average like 25 points a game and with only scoring 24 this past weekend, they have to now average 25.1 the rest of the year uh, per game. And, yeah, um, I forget what that was on exactly, but someone's getting fired if they don't average those points. Uh, so, anyways, uh, we're going to segue from that into this week's rankings now. Uh, I'm going to group everyone uh, I'm going to group 
everyone into groups of five. So you're, I'm you're, I'm gonna give you 25 through 21, and then go mm-hmm. on from there. And basically, you're gonna tell me if that group or if anyone in that group should be out of that group, uh, into the group above, into the group below, or just not ranked at all. Uh, and okay. so yeah, so. We're going to start with the bottom group here. You have Duke at 21, Colorado at 22, Texas A&M at 23, Tulane at 24, and Clemson all the way at the bottom at 25. So in that group, I think that uh, Clemson should be out of the top 25. Um, the rest of them, though, I feel like for where they are, it's not too bad. I, I think Texas A&M should be at the 21 spot and Tulane at the 22, and then just move Duke and Colorado down. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, put put Clemson out of the top twenty-five, and then move either Iowa or UCLA, who also who who received the second and or first and second most others receiving votes category, move them up into twenty-five. So if you really want to go there, it's, it looks like Iowa. Um, but yeah, I'm not too upset with that. But I think they overrated Duke and Colorado, especially over more established ranked teams like Texas A&M and Tulane. Uh, so the next group, you got Ole Miss at 20, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, UNC, and Oregon State moving up two spots uh, this weekend. And UNC gained four, by the way, and they're at 17. Yeah, so I think that those are all pretty good. I think, like you said, UNC can move up throughout the rest of the year. Oregon State, um, you know, did well this weekend. Um, no real big changes or complaints with that group. Okay, so... Wisconsin being where they are, I mean, Wisconsin just, I I don't get it. They're going air raid this year. They're asking a bunch of meathead down downfield blockers to to do pitter patter pass protection now. So it's gonna be a work in progress for those guys. I think Wisconsin honestly should be out of this group into the bottom uh, twenty five, if anything. Uh, Ole Miss. They're okay where they're at. Oklahoma looks pretty good, but it's Oklahoma, so I don't, I'm not a big believer in Oklahoma this year. And like you said, UNC, obviously I think they're going to climb. And Oregon State, I think, is going to be in the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. Uh, so I have no problem there with either of those two for now. But if it's three or four weeks from now and they're still there, and there's other teams with losses ahead of them, I'm going to be a little upset. Uh, so next you got, you're breaking into the top 15 here, you got Kansas State, LSU, Oregon, Utah, and Texas at 11. Uh, what do you think about these guys? Obviously LSU dropped nine spots from 5th to 14th. Yeah, so, yeah, LSU with uh, the loss here. I do think LSU will bounce back. Kansas State, I'm kind of shocked by. I really haven't heard much about them this year. Um, Maybe replacing them with either an Oregon State or a UNC um, come to the future. But um, other than that, again, I feel like that that group is solid um, for the rest of the, uh, the teams in there. Yeah, I think Utah, Oregon, and Texas should both all should all three be up in the in the next tier in that ten through five group or ten through mm-hmm. six group. I mean, they're they're all really solid teams. LSU, I'm fine with where they're at. Kansas State, uh, 
they're the defending Big 12, 12 champs, so I, I get why they are where they are, especially where they were to start the season uh, at 16. Now they're 15. Uh, maybe moving them down into the group below them, but I just I don't know much about them, but I just I know they lost quite a bit on both sides of the ball. I think they'll still be good this year, but I don't think they'll even be in the uh, the Big 12 championship game. Uh, moving up into the top 10 now, you have Notre Dame at 10, Tennessee, Washington, Penn State, and then USC at 6. So I, I think USC and Penn State are good there. I, I would probably take out um, uh, one of the bottom two teams and re- replace them with uh, either Texas or Oregon or uh, Utah right now, like you kind of said last um, segment there. Um for uh, this group, ten to six. Yeah, I think I think you move Notre Dame out of this group yeah. into the group below. Same with Tennessee, Washington. You can make an argument to be still in this group. Uh, you can't obviously put them into the top five. There's just there's just no way. Uh, mm-hmm. But Penix obviously looked incredible this weekend. Uh, so so I think if anything, you're gonna move Tennessee and Notre Dame out, and you either put. Utah and Texas or Utah and Oregon into that top 10. Uh, but I think Utah definitely should be up there, but not not up to the level where, where Penn State or USC are. Uh, obviously, I think Penn State, like I said earlier, Penn State's the biggest threat in the Big Ten uh, to Michigan. And then, obviously, USC, they're just really good offensively. Defensively, they still can't tackle, man. Like just la- like they could they could tackle slightly better than they could last year, but man, did you did you watch any of USC's games last year? Because they looked um, horrible. Not much. Uh, they, they, guys, guys were arm tackling. Guys were <laughs> guys were juking themselves out to avoid having to tackle someone. It, it was it was like it was like watching like. You the know, Lions back <laughs> a few years ago. Yeah, or like or like watching like a bunch of like third or fourth graders play football. It was it was just like everyone was afraid to hit. They would they would rather drag people down instead of hit them and it's just <sighs> USC still got a lot of work to do on that defense. Uh Lincoln Riley obviously I think is a great coach, but he's gotta figure out a way to get his defense to actually work for him. Uh, and then moving into the top five, OSU dropped two spots from number three to number five. Uh, Florida State gained four spots from eight to four. Bama went up one spot from four to three. And then the top two stayed the same between Michigan and Georgia at number one. I actually think that's pretty respectable. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Ohio State actually dropped some spots. Even though they won their game, they did not look that impressive. Florida State, I'm glad you know they had a tough win against LSU moving them up, you know, definitely value those tough wins um, above, you know, some other ranked teams. Uh, and, of course, Georgia and Michigan are going to remain as top spots. Alabama's going to be up there all year as well. Yeah, I, I think so. I don't think Bama is going to win more than 10 games this year. So I don't – I think Florida State should be at the three spot. I'm glad OSU is where they're at. They didn't impress, like you said – um, Florida State obviously looked really, really good. They're at number four. I think they should be number three, 
but we'll have to see. Um, so, so obviously you have Michigan and Georgia at number one and number two. Um, and so no one has won three titles in a row since Minnesota did in the thirties, right? I don't think Georgia's going to win the title again this year. I think, and despite the loss this week, uh, I think LSU still has a very, very good chance of winning the entire SEC this year. They have to win out now, but I mm-hmm. think they still have a chance of winning the SEC. What are your takes on that? Um, yeah, I agree. So, like you said about Georgia, in any sport, it's hard to 3P. I mean, it's one of the greatest feats that you can accomplish in sports. It's it's so difficult, so rare that it happens. So, I agree. I don't think Georgia's going to make it. But I wouldn't be shocked either if they did. I mean, they do seem like the best team in the country. I would love to see Michigan finally win it this year after that heartbreaking loss to TCU last year. Um, and... I do think the LSU um, has a chance here, but they, like you said, they got to win out. I think Florida State has a good chance. Utah is a dark horse. Um, of course, Bama is going to be in the mix as well. We'll see how USC does as well. And um, but yeah, that's kind of my my takes there. Yeah. So I think you, you touched on on Bama. I think yeah, they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be that good to make the playoffs. Uh, USC. They could Utah, obviously the dark horse. Uh, I I just I don't know, man. This this year is gonna gonna be crazy, uh, to say the least. I think if Georgia ends up losing the SEC title game, I I don't think they're going to win their playoff game. I would really obviously love to see Michigan win the national title. This is the best team Jim Harbaugh's ever had, um, but. And, and if J.J. can perform like he did this week, I know it was East Carolina, uh, but if he can perform just like he did uh, this week and stay calm and collected when things weren't going his way, unlike he did in, in the TCU game, I think there's, there's a chance Michigan really could win this national title. Uh, I think also Florida State has a chance. Uh, but we'll just have to see. This uh, It's only week one. You know, some some teams have played two games already in one week, like you know USC and Notre Dame, uh, because that makes sense. Um, but yeah, yeah, man, it's just, I it's gonna be tough for Georgia to go three in a row. No one's done it since they were, since Minnesota was you know playing a bunch of boiler makers and pipe fitters. You know, cause, <laughs> I mean that that's what it was back in the '30s. A lot of these the student athlete thing didn't really arrive until like the fifties. It was more just people that worked on the grounds of the college than anything. So that just tells you how intense the sport has gotten and how hard it is to really win a national title that no one's done that done a three peat since the thirties. Yeah. Um, so, so moving on here, uh, from college football, uh, I'm going to let you take over. And talk a little bit of NBA, give a little preseason preview. Okay, so yeah, if you want to chime in as well, uh, just let me know. But yeah, uh, NBA here, there's been, of course, a lot of stuff going on. The draft was a huge um, deal this year. Of course, the Victor Wembanyama considered the greatest draft prospect uh, possibly ever here. He's going to have a lot of eyes on him. 
he performed super bad his first summer league game, and then he bounced back after that. Um, another thing that I guess I want to mention is right now the biggest talk in basketball is um, the the World Cup or uh, the Olympics here. Team USA definitely not looking too great. They lost to Lithuania, but they bounced back um, today with a win. God, so that's we'll see that's how embarrassing. That goes. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's embarrassing. We a sport a sport we've dominated in the Olympics forever. Just all of a sudden we lose to Lithuania. <laughs> yeah. We what what the hell is that? <laughs> there was there was this one guy I forget the guy's name, but he was making a comment about how um, you know the NBA championship should be like it's not the world championship. Basically taking a shot at um, you know the United States team and. You know, the team is definitely not as good as it used to be. We still have a lot of good players on it, uh, some uh, all-star caliber players. But back in the day, they used to have, like, Kobe and LeBron on the team. The team was just absolutely stacked. Um, do I think that they'll still end up doing good and possibly win the gold? I do think so, you know. They have a lot of uh, great players here. But we'll see how that goes. Um, Speaking of LeBron yeah. real quick, what? Like, why is he not on the team anymore? LeBron? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like he's just old. I mean, LeBron's 38. He's He probably just doesn't want to do it anymore, to be honest. That's understandable. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and that's the case, too, with, like, even the dunk contest in the NBA. Like, no superstars want to do that anymore. Really? Just Yeah. It's all, like, role players or average players. No superstars. It's not like back in the 80s when Michael Jordan – uh, you know, was dominating the dunk contest. Now they just like have these sort of no-name players, I would say, uh, competing in it. Interesting. So, yeah, very interesting there. But um, I guess wrapping up here for the preseason, uh, uh, the season is going to start end of October. October twenty-fourth is the first regular season game here. Like I said before, a lot of people are going to be watching Wembenyama. Feel like that's going to be the talk of the town here for at least the first few weeks. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Phoenix does. They got Bradley Beal on a trade, so now they have uh, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal, all three uh, star to superstar level players on the same team, but they really have like no bench. So we'll see how Phoenix does this year. Um, James Harden has been rumored in trades and uh, being fed up with the uh, the general manager here, Daryl Morey, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, something that hasn't been talked about in a while, the Damian Lillard situation here. He was trying to get traded out of Portland, but uh, rumors of that have kind of died down over the last few weeks. I still think that there is a good possibility he gets traded. He's made it very clear that he wants to go to the Miami Heat, so... We'll see how that goes. Miami was just in the finals, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how they do. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see Denver this year, the defending champions, Jokic, coming off one of the greatest playoff runs in history. It's going to be interesting to see how he and the Nuggets uh, play this year and see if they can repeat, go back-to-back, seeing... Uh, Joel Embiid, he is the reigning MVP for the league. And now he does, like I said, the 76ers are kind of in a crazy mess right now with the whole James Harden 
trade situation. Seems like there's always yeah. drama that follows James Harden, man. There is always drama, man. Uh, there's, yeah, just been a lot of stuff going on with him. Like I said, he was getting fed up with the general manager because he promised to trade him, then he kind of backed out of doing that. And they've just been kind of going back and forth uh, at each other about that. Um, we have the Lakers this year. It's going to be interesting to see. They are always polarizing. All eyes are on LeBron uh, each and every season. Uh, we're going to be anticipating possibly Bronny coming into the league uh, the following season here. You know, he had that health scare recently, but... Yeah, that was uh, LeBron, scary to read about. Yeah, LeBron going into, I believe this is year 21, so he has been just still going strong, still going at it. Um, but yeah, I mean, unless you have anything to add, that's pretty much everything that's going on. In uh, well, I guess a couple questions for you. Um, mm-hmm. Well, first of all, you mentioned Bronny. Uh it, I, I heard something a while back basically saying that Le- LeBron is going to play one season once Bronny gets into the league and then he's going to retire. Is there any truth to that or what's your take on that? Yeah, so he has made that very clear. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if he is going to exactly retire after the one year, but he did say that he wants to play with his son and his contract for the Lakers, he's able to opt out after this year. And so whoever drafts Bronny is basically going to get LeBron. You know, he, he's made it very clear he wants to play on the same team with his son. So gotcha. uh, I would love to see, like, the Pistons, you know, uh, get um, Bronny, even though Bronny, he's a good prospect, but he's nowhere near the prospect LeBron was at all. Right. He's probably fringe first round pick maybe even a second round pick at this point I don't think he's really like basically his draft stock is often name recognition you know right being LeBron's son you know if he wasn't LeBron's son I, I there's a good possibility he might not even be drafted like like I said he's a good prospect but not an all time great prospect gotcha um, um and yeah uh, continue. So my, uh, my my next question, uh, playoffs for the NBA. Uh, do you have any predictions for, say, the uh, the championship series? Yeah. So um, I think it, right now it's it's so early to tell. Um, like last year, if you would have said Nuggets Heat in the finals, I would have been like, wow. Like I wouldn't expected the Heat. You know, in the Denver, that was their first time really getting over the hump of they'd always kind of fallen short the previous years. Uh, if I had to give you a prediction right now on who I think is going to be in the championship game, I'm going to go with... Um, I do think Denver has probably the best chance in the West of going back. Like I said, Phoenix is a team to look out for. Golden State could come out of nowhere again this year and be good. And then in the East... Um, it's kind of mainly between, you know, Milwaukee and uh, Boston here. I think Boston has a really good chance. I would probably say Boston. I don't see the Miami Heat repeating what they did last year. That was super tough for them to do as an eight seed going all the way to the finals. So right. I would say right. probably Boston and Denver are probably the preseason favorites right now. Gotcha. To make the NBA finals. And then lastly, some local love. 
what do you think the uh, the Pistons are going to do this season? Yes, I was I was just about to bring that up earlier. Um, thinking about the Pistons, I do think that the Pistons will be better this year. They um, they drafted one of the twins here, Asar Thompson. He has looked uh, pretty solid here in the preseason. Uh, I think he'll be a good uh, two way wing for us. You know, Cade Cunningham hopefully comes back healthy this year. He was injured for a lot of last season. Hopefully, Jaden Ivey does uh, improve this year as well. He has been uh, pretty solid. Uh, Jalen Duren has also been someone who's very solid. We're building a pretty strong young core. I do think, though, we will probably be a bottom 10 team again, sadly, this year. But I do think that we can, you know, build more draft capital keep drafting these young players and hopefully have them develop uh we just signed uh monty williams he's our new head coach he had coached uh, phoenix the past few years here he went to the nba finals with phoenix back in 2021 so he has experience running a good uh nba team so we'll see how he can handle all these young players but the future is bright for Detroit, but we're still a ways off of really competing for a championship. Right. That, that's good. And I, I like – obviously, I don't know crap about basketball, but I like that we added a, a, a established, really good coach, a conference-winning coach at that. Um, and then, obviously, I, I know – I heard Cade Cunningham look pretty good uh, in the summer league, so that's good. And, obviously, Jay, Jay Nivey. Uh, he's still developing and looking really good as well. So, yeah, I mean, from what I've been hearing, uh, listening to uh, a lot of Detroit sports uh, shows and stuff, the Pistons are looking pretty good this year. I don't think uh, they'll be a playoff team, but I think uh, they'll definitely improve upon the last couple of years, uh, especially with a new coach and this young core that we've uh, acquired in the past couple of years. Yeah, and I don't think they can be much worse than last year. They won 17 games last year out of 82 games. They were just bad. Like, And like I said, I chalk up most of that to their best player, Kate Cunningham, being hurt like 80% of the games last year. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I don't think they can really do much worse than last year. It was very disappointing in the draft. I, I think I mentioned this to you. We had the best odds, or we were top three for best odds because the bottom three teams have the best odds at the lottery, and the Pistons fell all the way to number five. Oh, sounds like the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, <laughs> we got screwed. Especially, like I said, Wembenyama was like the best draft prospect ever, and we fell so bad in the draft. But I think the player we got, Star Thompson, is very uh, solid. Uh, I definitely feel like he can be a really good key contributor on uh, future Pistons teams here. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, obviously, just Detroit and Detroit sports and lottery luck are just—it's like yeah. it's like oil and water, right? It's just like we—we we, no, none of our teams that have draft lotteries will just the NBA and the NHL. I mean, uh, a few years ago, you know, looking back at at the uh, the Red Wings, they they finished historically bad. Uh, bottom of the league, and they they had the best odds out of any team, which is eighteen and a half percent. And I believe the second best team has has a nine and a half percent chance of winning the lottery. That's how stacked the odds were in Detroit's favor. And 
they fell all the way to number four, which was, which was ironically their least. So like the the way the NHL breaks down the the draft lottery odds, it it was like the least likely uh, scenario for Detroit. Um, hold on, let me let me bring up the uh, the odds. Um, calculator. So yeah, so they end. So they had a uh, correction. They had a twenty-five and a half percent chance of going wow. number one, and they fell to number four, which was like less than a one percent chance. So it w- wow. it was really bad. And, af- and because they fell that far, they changed the rule the year after that if you're finish last in the league you're guaranteed a top three pick yeah so basically just had to make that rule just because how bad the Red Wings got screwed that year yeah exactly it was it was ridiculous that's crazy it was five percent chance and you fall all the way that far that's that's ridiculous and you have you have a one you have less than one percent chance of going to the top or, or of picking fourth you you have you basically had a 99 percent chance of a top three pick and you hit the one percent of and that's the other thing too is is uh like detroit and vancouver in the nhl have the worst draft lottery luck they've both fallen uh since since they introduced the draft lottery they've both fallen eight times from their draft spot this was the first year detroit didn't fall and then Vancouver didn't fall like once. Yeah, I think 2020 was when they didn't fall at all. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, those two, the, the NHL just hates Vancouver and Detroit. Apparently, it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, so now that we're on the topic of the NHL, um, so man, obviously we we talked about this uh, before the the Austin Matthews deal. Yeah, uh, four years. Thirteen and a quarter million. Uh, he he set an all an NHL all time you know contract extension uh, in terms of how much money is going to be be paid per year. Um, that I mean, Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, obviously the top two players in the NHL. I know you're a huge huge fan of McDavid. Uh, yeah. This is obviously a market setting. Uh, uh, extension, and I think uh, obviously with the ca- the uh, uh, the cap ceiling in, uh, increasing this year, and it's also supposed to cre- increase next year as well. Uh, I think obviously McDavid, when it's time, he's going to get paid well, and he might get paid more than Matthews. What do you think on that? Um, I think that he probably deserves it. You know, McDavid, uh, I would put as a better player than Matthews. Um, you know, Matthews is absolutely incredible and he's done a lot of great things, but of course Toronto still hasn't done uh, anything in the playoffs, but, um, I mean, neither is Edmonton either, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I hope that McDavid probably gets more than, um, than Matthews just because I feel like he's the better of the two players. Yeah, I think I think he will. Um, obviously, I think Matthews led the league in goals last year, if I'm not mistaken. Let me 
pull that up real quick. Um, no, uh, nope, nope. McDavid, McDavid did it with 64. So, actually, Matthews was not even top 10, but he was out for quite a while last year. Um, yeah, he he played only 74 games uh, and put up 40 goals. So he he did miss some time, and I just I think he's uh, he's regressed quite a bit in the past couple of years, but obviously he's still an incredible player. Uh, if he could stay healthy, I think he can get to that 50, 60 goal area, but it's um, something that we haven't really seen from him much at all uh, in terms of production. But yeah, I think this is a, a new, uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the proper term here uh, I should use, but it's basically the new standard for, for stars in the NHL. And obviously like you touched on, Toronto hasn't done much in the playoffs with him. And at some point something's got to give with Toronto because they're in a lot of cap trouble. They have to move someone from this core whether it's Nylander or Tavares or um, who else is in that core? Uh, hold on here. Um, or if it's uh, uh, yeah, Tavares or Marner or Nylander, someone's got to go here eventually, I think. Um, obviously, they picked up Tyler Bertuzzi on a one-year deal this uh, this offseason, um, along with Max Domi. I don't know if those two are also going to be enough added to that core. I think Tyler Bertuzzi is going to boost that offense for sure. But uh, And Max Domi, obviously, is a good two-way forward. He's going to He's gonna make Toronto uh, better, but I just I don't see Toronto again doing anything, especially with how few or how you know little cap space. And there's guys that they still gotta pay, so they gotta get rid of some guys here really soon. Otherwise, they're gonna be in some some big trouble. Um, other other places around the league, uh, looking at some uh still you know uh, free agents that are out there. You have Patrick Kane. There's not many teams out there that can afford to have Patrick Kane. Obviously, there's Anaheim. They have the most cap space out of anyone uh, with with, uh, with $16 million. Chicago, I don't think he's going to return back to Chicago, um, but it's a possibility. I think the two teams that are most likely, however, I, I say this as in they, uh, based on where they are, in terms of their rebuilds, are Buffalo and Detroit. They have, they both have the cap space. They both are in position to make the playoffs. But I don't think he wants to go to a team that more than likely won't advance far in the playoffs if they advance at all uh, to the playoffs. So we'll just have to see about that. Um, and then you had Jonathan Taves a couple of weeks ago. He came out with something. It was a it was like a retirement announcement that wasn't really a retirement amount announcement. Like he still wants to play, but nobody wants to sign him. Chicago's not going to re-sign him because, well, if they if they really wanted him to re- uh, retire a Blackhawk, they would have given him a veteran minimum contract to play one more year. So we'll have to see about that. Josh Bailey's still available. He's a pretty good forward. Um, I, I would like to see. 
a team like Columbus or Detroit or Nashville make a run at him, or even Buffalo, but Buffalo's in Detroit's division, and I don't want them to do that, so uh, <laughs> um, we'll just we'll just have to see on that. Um, but then uh, Detroit, I think, and I'm gonna give some local love here for a minute. Uh, Detroit, with the signing of DeBrinket and bringing in guys like Gossespierre and uh, uh, what's his name from Colorado uh, this off season, they're the Wings are making some really good moves. I think Detroit has their 40 goal scorer that they've been missing for a long time. Uh, JT Comfer, that's that's who we signed. Good third wing, uh, third line guy. Um, Obviously, we're going to have Robbie Fabry back this year, who's a really solid player. And this team is looking very exciting. Um, obviously, you're going to have Raymond uh, on the line with Larkin and probably Debrinkit on that first line. That's going to be deadly. Uh, and then on the blue line, Detroit's got Edvinson, who, who uh, two years ago, he when we drafted him, he had a very good... Uh, you know, season in the SHL almost comparable to Moritz Sider, and then we moved him to the AHL where he didn't compare to Sider as well. Uh, I'm excited for him still. He's a really big guy, six six two oh nine, uh, and he he can play the puck really well. He sees the ice very well, but he's got to work a little bit on on his skating still. And obviously, we have we have Moritz Sider. Everyone knows about him. Uh, Calder Trophy winner, he's going to be really good. Um, the signing of Jeff Petrie, or the yeah, the trade for Jeff Petrie was was really surprising to me as well. Um, uh, this off season, obviously, he's the uh, the son of Detroit Tiger legend Dan Petrie. Um, so so that's kind of cool. So he it's a, it's a team he grew up watching. Um, he's he's a, he's a Michigan guy by you know his his dad obviously playing for the Tigers. Um, so yeah, I think the Red Wings are shaping up this year to be a really, really good team. Um, and like I said, we have a 40 goal scorer now, uh, in Debrinket. So I think, uh, I think the Red Wings are, are going to make the playoffs this year. I think they will be that second wild card spot at the, at the very most, if they make the playoffs, that's where they're going to, uh, because I think Pittsburgh made a big win now move um this off season they they basically gave themselves like a two year window to try and win the cup one more time with Crosby um but outside of that i just i don't see anything uh more for the red wings um and then i want to get your thoughts here on ovechkin um Obviously, last year he came into the season needing to just score twenty-eight and a half goals to for for the average on his contract to pass Gretzky. He lowered that this year uh, by quite a bit again. Let me look here real quick. Um, let me do some and do some math now. Um, he, he's at eight twenty-two to pass Gretzky. He needs eight ninety-five, right? Mm-hmm. So, and he has three years left to do it. He has to. He just has to average twenty four point three goals a year now, the rest of the season. 
do you think he's going to pass Gretzky for the most goals all time? I do think he is going to. I think that he's probably going to get around another 40, probably around 40, maybe 50 goals this year. Um, I do think maybe he, every year I feel like he's going to taper off and then he never does. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to to look at Ovi and in his career and just compare him to other players. Where once they get to about thirty two, thirty three years old, they start to regress, and he just kind of looked at that aging process and said, "Fuck that, I'm not doing that." And it just still produces at a very, very high level. Obviously, he he still has the the shot, which which people like to point out. That's all he does, you know, shooting from the point all the time, mm-hmm. but. If if you look at where he scores most of his goals, less than a third of them come from there. So he scores more goals from other places on the ice than he does there, but it's just the one shot that just no one can stop after all these years in the league uh, from that position. Yeah, and I want to get your take on this as well. So I remember seeing this video a few months back, it was talking, of course, about the Ovechkin breaking Gretzky's goal record. But there's another record that Gretzky holds that Crosby might be passing, and that is averaging at least uh, a point a game. Or yeah, so I believe it was a point a game for like 16 or 17 straight seasons, and Crosby is about to pass that. I think if he does it this year, he, he will pass uh, Gretzky in doing that. Um, what do you think about that? So yeah, I, I saw exactly that, and I think Crosby will do it. Um, and and the fact that Crosby's going to be able to do it in a league where where it's a lot harder to score both goals and assists um, uh, compared to when Gretzky played, when because when Gretzky played, he played against some very bad goalies and bad defenses. So I it it's incredible to just have seen what Crosby has done. I respect him as a player, but I hate his guts. <laughs> but but I mean it, it's incredible to see what he's done, and, and it it pains me too because like obviously I'm a Red Wings fan. We had that loss to them in the 2009 finals, uh, in the Stanley Cup finals, and every, everyone knows Crosby's a cry baby and and all that yeah. st- stuff and. And and Washington's like my second team, so having Washington beat or lose to Pittsburgh in the playoffs all those years was was very making me hate Crosby even more. But what Crosby's been able to do, he he does he hasn't put up the numbers like like uh like Gretzky did or like like even uh, Ovechkin does. But he he's such a team player and he's just so consistent that to do what he's done and what he should do this year with breaking that record he i i it's it's just been incredible to watch and then uh lastly here for the NHL looking ahead to the season obviously i think October 3rd is the first night i know camp here starts very soon preseason games for the end of this month um very exciting. I think we're going to see in the finals, we're going to see Carolina taking on uh, the Colorado Avalanche. 
in the finals. I think Colorado is going to uh, to win the West uh, against a a well. Let's face it, Colorado's not really has really no competition out in the West. The West is kind of bad. Vegas is a regression candidate. I I, I can't believe they won the cup this year. I'm very pissed off about that. But I just I think Colorado is in position to just dominate the the West and really their entire division because they don't really have anyone in their division uh, because uh, Chicago's bad, uh, Arizona's bad, Winnipeg is Winnipeg. They're just a middle of the road team. Nashville's gonna miss the playoffs. I think. I think really only in their division they have Dallas and obviously I think Dallas is gonna be really good. But they both play on the same side of the bracket this year, so they're not going to be with each other. And Minnesota's also really good. But again, it's Minnesota. They're they're going to be on the same side of the bracket unless somehow Minnesota slips enough to hit a wild card and play a Pacific team and work their way to the conference finals. But I just don't see it happening. And then, obviously, like I said, I think Carolina is going to win the East. Um if not, if they don't, I wouldn't be surprised if New Jersey did. They have a lot of first-round picks on that team. Uh, you have both Hughes brothers on that team. Nico Heischer is still there. He's not a terrible player. He he rebounded last season. He looked pretty good. So um, I don't think an Atlantic team is going to win uh, the East. I think it will be a Metro team. And I think it will be Carolina. So, um, Mike, anything else you'd like to add before we close out this first episode? Um, no. So, um, I think I definitely feel like we did a pretty good job at covering sort of everything for the first episode here and going like, you know, college football and NFL are both coming back and, NBA and NHL will be back in the next month, and there's going to be a lot of sports that are going to be coming on um, each and every night. Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, tonight's Tuesday. We have one more episode. That we, we record on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so uh, there won't be much in terms of content on Thursday this week. Uh, we'll more so look at the MLB on Thursday, I think. Um, just looking into the playoffs as those are as a regular season is coming to a very quick close. It's, it's already September, guys. I mean, yikes. Uh, obviously, the MLB season being as long as it is, it's, it kind of gets boring. Um, but I, I think we have an exciting playoff uh, coming up in the MLB, and we'll, we'll kind of preview that on uh, Thursday, as well as we'll, we'll talk about a few more games coming up on the NFL and the uh, college football that we didn't touch on this week uh in this episode so uh stay tuned for that uh and uh thank you guys for listening and uh we will see you on thursday good night